You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! We're Heathen and Heretic Apparel. Our clothing is inspired by the cultures we grew up in. Metal, punk, a little bit of goth, and all things dark. We offer men's, women's, and unisex t-shirts, tank tops, hats, and accessories. And right now, Heathen and Heretic is offering 20% off our entire store to all podcast listeners. Just use the promo code TOUR20 at checkout. That's T-O-U-R-20. Visit our online store at heathenandheretic.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Heathen and Heretic Apparel. Check us out. Episode number 64 of that one time on tour is brought to you by the band Neck Scars. Hailing from New York, Neck Scars are a group of guys with jobs, wives, and kids that find some time to play the heartfelt punk rock that they grew up on. Their debut split 7-inch with the band God Damn It from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is being released on Creep Records. You can listen to the split on all major streaming sites and follow the band at neckscars.bandcamp.com, facebook.com forward slash neckscars, and on Twitter and Instagram at neckscars. Now here it is, their new single, Temporary. Put me 
everyone. This is Jonathan from the band Brazil. I just want to let you know that we'll be playing our first show in 10 years, Friday, August 30th at the Hi-Fi in Indianapolis with the bands Pillars and Rooms. We're celebrating the 15-year anniversary of the release of A Hostage in the Meaning of Life, our debut album on Fearless Records. So come out Friday, August 30th at the Hi-Fi in Indianapolis. It's going to be an amazing time. Go to hi-fiindy.com for more information. This is Steve from Torch, and you're listening to That One Time on Tour. everybody out there in podcast land what is going on as always this is chris swinney your host for that one time on tour this is my podcast where i get to sit down with somebody in or around the music industry and have an amazing conversation and uh before we get into that it's at the top of this episode i do want to uh let everybody know that my my heart goes out to everybody affected by the shootings in El Paso and in Dayton. I've spent a lot of time in both cities. I love El Paso. I've been there so many times. Uh, it's kind of the last stop on your way through Texas when you're heading out to the West Coast when you're on tour. And uh, I spent a lot of time in Dayton too. It's only like two and a half hours from my house right now. And I, I, I'm not going to get political on this show, but something has to be done, man. I mean, <clears throat> I got a lot of friends that love their guns. And I don't think they should all be banned, but I mean, nobody's coming up with any actual solutions. And I know a lot of people listening to this show are on the left and a lot of people that listen to this show are on the right, but it's time to figure some shit out, man, because people are, people are getting killed and it, it really fucking sucks. And I just, you know, it doesn't really matter what I say, but I just want, I have friends in both cities and I'm glad that they're safe, but uh, my heart does go out to everyone in El Paso and in Dayton and in, you know, any other city where we've had like 200 and whatever shootings this year. It's crazy. So I don't want to get too political or get on a soapbox, but uh, we need some change. And hopefully, uh, you know, the powers that be will get off their dead asses and figure something out. But uh, that was my rant. So, uh, yeah, just uh, my heart goes out to everybody affected and um, very, very, very sorry for that and that you had to go through that. Hopefully things will change. But uh, on a lighter note, last week was amazing. Chris Hanna from Propagandi, uh, one of my favorite songwriters of all time, was on the program. You guys liked it. I've got a lot of great feedback from people, and I just want to say thank you for listening to the episode. Hopefully we'll have Chris back in the future. I want to tell my European listeners right now, they are in Europe on tour, so if they're coming anywhere close to you, you need to check out Propagandi. They just, uh, they're either playing tomorrow or they did it today, the Punk Rock Holiday over in Slovenia. So if you guys, if you guys were at Punk Rock Holiday, so many great bands played you know, send me an email or like, you know, give me, give me like a scene report. Let me know how the show went. I want to know what your favorite bands were. So hit me up. You can send an email podcast at gmail.com or hit me up on any of the social medias. It's at podcast. And let me know if you were at Punk Rock Holiday or if you went to any other propaganda show or, or if you just want to let me know what it's like where you live and what the music scene's like, hit me up and let me know. This week on the show, I get to sit down with Steve Brooks from the band Torch. We had a great time. Uh, Torch was on tour with Baroness, and I got to go down and hang out with both bands. We have a Baroness episode coming up in a week or two as well. But Steve, it was hilarious because Steve and I were talking and you know just shooting the shit like we always do on the podcast. And we lost track of time, 
and his drummer came to get him to let him know that they had two minutes to get on stage. And that's what's, uh, it's pretty cool. At the end of this episode, you just hear everything go quiet. And all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, I got to go play a show. So uh, we talk about all kinds of great stuff. We talk about their brand new record, Admission. Uh, it's out on, out on Relapse Records. I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. I mean, it's heavy, but it's like kind of spacey. And I love Torch. They're a great band. And Steve and I talk about a lot of really cool stuff. Before I get to my conversation with Steve, I need to pay some bills. You guys, if you're an avid listener to the podcast, you know that I love paying bills. So uh, you heard at the beginning of the episode, we had Heathen and Heretic back for another episode. They're an amazing clothing company out of Canada. You guys need to check them out. You can go to heathenandheretic.com. They're also on all the social medias. We post about them all the time. So check them out. Tell them that I sent you. They're amazing, and you have to have to buy some stuff, man. I got I got a bunch of shirts and stuff sent to me. My wife got some shirts sent to her as well. Uh, there was a picture floating around that I posted of where I wore her her little crop top. So uh, yeah, you got to check it out. <laughs> Not the picture. I Hopefully that'll get buried somewhere. But uh, check out Heathen and Heretic. Also back for another episode, we have Merge 4. They're a sock company. They make amazing socks with skaters and you know professional ath- other professional athletes and bands and artists they're just they're awesome you need to check out merge4.com or all the social media platforms at merge4 we are also going to be doing a patreon only contest with merge4 where you can win some awesome socks for yourself and some other stuff from Merge 4. So if you want to get involved at the $5 level, go on over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash TOTOT podcast, and you can sign up and be eligible to win some cool stuff. We've got a couple other contests in the works right now as well. So check that out. Also, we have my buddy Jacob Harrison, past guest of the show, an amazing tattoo artist. His shop, Permanence Tattoo Gallery, over in Anderson, Indiana. It's on Meridian Street in downtown Anderson. You can get them on all the social media platforms at Permanence Tattoo Gallery. If you guys are in central Indiana or if you want to make some travel plans to get here, you got to go see Jacob and all the fine folks over at Permanence Tattoo Gallery. They will hook you up. It's the best shop in the world. So do that. Go get some ink, man. I need to go back over there. Jacob, if you're listening, shout out. I'm going to come see you soon. I'm thinking about doing my stomach. I think I'm going to get my entire stomach done. Uh, If you guys have any ideas for any stomach tattoos out there, let me know. Hit me up and uh, maybe I'll get it. If you pick a tattoo that I want to get, I'll I'll interview you on the show and we'll we'll talk about it. So uh, if you would like to be a sponsor like any of those fine companies or like the band Neck Scars at the beginning of the episode, you can hit me up, TOTOTpodcast at gmail.com, and we will figure it out. I work with all budgets. I'm just trying to keep the lights on, and uh, all you fine folks out there, you guys make it happen. So thank you so much for all the support. Make sure you're following us on all of the social media platforms at TOTOTpodcast. Um, I've been uh, not getting a lot of voicemails lately. For a while, when I first got the hotline, I was getting stuff all the time. But uh, you can leave me a voicemail. It is 765-372-8818. That is 765-372-8818. Leave me a voice message, and if it's cool, I will play it on the show. You can suggest guests. You can just tell me a story. You can tell me a review of the show, whatever you want. Speaking of reviews of the show, that's a very important thing as well. If you don't want to, you know, donate money or become a patron or any of that stuff, the biggest thing you could do to help us is go to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you listen to this fine show and subscribe, rate, and review, preferably a five-star review. It really helps the show grow and gain visibility. We were featured a couple days ago on the top show's music interview section of the podcast app. And that was really cool. We got a lot of uh, extra listens and people checking out the podcast. So that stuff really helps. And when you get featured, I mean, I don't know if it's like the coolest thing in the world, but it really helps the show. So please subscribe, rate and review wherever you check this out. I am going to stop rambling and I'm going to get into my conversation this one was so much fun, and at the end of it, it's awesome because we forgot. We just kind of forgot he had a show he had to go play. So uh, I hope you guys are going to enjoy it, and I want to give a shout-out to Torch because next week they're going to be playing on Late Night with Seth Myers. 
on NBC, I think on, I'm not sure the date, but it's next Wednesday. Uh, maybe the 14th. Yeah. The 14th, I believe is what it is. So set your DVRs for late night with Seth Meyers. Torch is going to be on there and I, I cannot wait to see that. So, uh, here it is guys and girls. I'm going to get into my conversation with Mr. Steve Brooks from the awesome band Torch. Here we go. And I am sitting here with, uh, Steve from Torch. How are you today, Steve? I'm great. I'd like to welcome you to uh, the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for being on. I'm, I'm a fan of your band, and it's really cool that you're on tour with Baroness, so I was able to come and, and talk to you about the new record and everything you guys have going on. All right, right on. So uh, how is the tour going? I know, are you guys like tight with Baroness before this? or Yeah, we've, uh, we've known them for, I don't know. I mean, well, it's a, it's a different band now, but I've it known is, John yeah. for ages. He, put it, he uh, did the artwork for our... Our first EP in return, and we toured with Baroness for probably about five or six weeks in Europe in 2006. All of us crammed in a van, you know. <laughs> I've been there. Staying right? at squats and <laughs> yeah, what used to be castles, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, we, we we became really good friends. Uh, so everything's that. going well. You guys are. Are you guys like main support? How many bands are on the tour? Two. There's only two. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it's perfect. It's like it would. It was like this in Europe too. Two so bands. you get to play a longer set, possibly then. Uh, yeah, we play for about forty-five minutes, and uh, yeah, it's just great. You know, um, I like that a lot. Like <laughs> we go up there and rock, and then Baroness rocks, and then we and get then to go home. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. There's not like five bands opening up the show, and you know, because that'll just drain you. Yeah, definitely. I remember uh, when I used to, when we were in the Ataris, we used to do like some smaller club tours, like in between the bigger tours and you'd get to these places where like, oh, there's nine bands on the show and you're playing last Yeah, <laughs> because they want to sell tickets or they want to make sure there's like, oh yeah, I've it's had, insane. I've had hard, well, th- really bad things happen <laughs> when you start drinking at four o'clock. Yeah, right. <laughs> you go on at one o'clock. Yeah, you go on at one <laughs> Yeah. I don't do that anymore. Oh, definitely, man. We're we're all older now. We we know better, right? Yeah, it hurts the older you get. <laughs> so you guys have been around for you know fifteen years, correct? Yes. And you've got this new record coming out. It's your fifth record. It's actually out. It came out July twelfth. It's called Admission. It's on Relapse Records. I know you guys have worked with them for a while. How how has it been? Like you know, the first couple of weeks it's been out. Has it been you know streaming? I guess you used to say is it selling well? But you know, are people um, liking it? It's amazing. The response has been great. I, I mean, love it. Your publicist sent me a copy and it, man, it's Yeah, I got killing. so many so many people writing to me telling me, you know, what, you know, that they love the record. I haven't had anybody, you know, say it sucks yet. So, it's Well, I think like the older records that I've listened that you guys have out, this record, it's that same kind of dynamic, but there's so many peaks and valleys. There's so many different like you can tell the influences on this record because every song is so different. There's the bangers and then there's like more spacey. Like where does that come from? What, what influences you when you write songs? Uh, there'll be like a song. Um, I'll just have a riff or, you know, one of the other guys will have a riff or, you know, like Eric came in, this is the first record he's been on with us, but he switched been, over too, right? Uh, John used to play bass. Okay, that's what now he was. plays guitar. And Eric and was then the... Eric, Eric used to fill on on drums. Okay. Eric did the tour with us in, in 2000. Those guys have played in so many bands together. So having Eric a part of it, you know, like they, he works just like us, but he also like plays every instrument. So when he demos songs or something, he can do he'll do everything. Okay. I mean, he filled in on Rick, filled in for Rick on drums, like on tours. We when we did tour with High on Fire, Rick's Rick's father passed away, and then uh, Rick had to go, and then uh, Eric just jumped on. We played Webster Hall. Wow. We didn't even practice with Eric. He just listened to the songs and went up there and just that's insane, man. Nailed it. I think he threw up both <laughs> nights because he was playing so hard. Yeah. And he's not used. To, he wasn't used to playing drums all the time. That's know? awesome. So because yeah, I would think like I'm not a drummer. I'm a guitarist. But to be a drummer and play a set like that with songs that are so kind of in your face, you know, like yeah. you'd have to be conditioned. Oh yeah. To do that, yeah. right? I mean, it was badass. Though. I remember. I, I think it was in North Carolina. It, we played, and he was just like the end of the set's like. 
bam, bam. He's going, <laughs> like, there's just like, every time he hit a snare, it was just like, it was like a, the Jay Giles video or something. It was like just water <laughs> flying up. And thankfully there was no food in it. It was just water, but it was yeah. just, it looked so cool. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I was awesome. like, we, they were mopping up afterwards. I was like, I was like, sorry guys, <laughs> the next band that had to go on. So I, I know that you guys, some of you live in LA. I think you live in Los Angeles. I live Angeles. in LA, yeah. Guy, other guys live in Florida. When you guys are putting a, putting songs together, you're writing, is it email back and forth? Do you guys get together and, and try to write stuff? How does that process work? Uh, we usually try to get together and write. Um, some of the songs were written while we were practicing for tours. You know, we would just kind of have an idea. And he liked that song from here. We were, we just rehearsed for like, I think two days before we toured with Gojira, Gojira um, year ago, two years ago. And uh, we wrote that or John had it and it was just like, Oh wow. So we, I didn't have any lyrics or vocals or anything yeah. for it, but after like practicing it for a day, we were like, well, let's open the show with this. You know, we went That's up there awesome. and, and test it, tested it for um, that whole tour basically. And uh, it became the first song on the new record. Do lyrics usually come later? Do you guys like, do yeah, the I have melodies and then I'll try different things. Um, with the melodies, I kind of have to please everybody in the band too, yeah. you know, so I can go all over the place. You know, I can completely, well, the, my gift is <laughs> if the guys aren't digging what I'm, I'm coming up with, I can just easily switch it to something else, you know, like, and try just completely different things, you know? Did you always want to be a singer? Oh, hell no. I still don't want to be a singer. I hate being Was a that singer. a necessity? Yeah. Of? Cause you know, you're, you're in a band, you don't want a front man because you don't want the ego. You don't want like, yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to give anyone that much power when they're, you don't not want actually, to all be out of focus. Yeah, in unless one they're like, unless they're David Lee Roth. Of course. Know? Yeah. Because he's such a personality or, you know, like somebody Have like Have you that. heard him lately? Like he's still the coolest dude. Like he's, oh, yeah, a, he's yeah. a little he's crazy. The most, he's the most interesting man alive. I heard I him think. on, he was on Joe Rogan. He's talking about living in Japan and like yeah. doing all this. Oh, it's just crazy. He's living, man. He yeah. Had a, he's, he's had a great life. Um, yeah, I admire him a lot. That's cool. His book, Crazy from the Heat is amazing. I think I read it in like a day. So I would, <laughs> I would, I would extrapolate from that information that you're probably not a Van Hagar guy. You know what? Um, when 5150 came out, I was excited okay. and I heard, you know, uh, the, the first single and I was like, all oh, right. And 5150 has some songs yeah. that Dave should have been singing on. I agree. But I didn't hate that record. It was different. I, I, it, it's the only Van Hagar record I can listen. They to. lost me on the biggest record for unlawful carnal knowledge. Is that the one with right now? Yeah. Oh, I was in. I remember being in high school and I heard it and I was like, "Did they just record? Is this for a commercial?" I know, right? Because it sounds like this that even so... before. And I think they've used it for commercials from. Yeah. No. No. I the first thing, and you know, I was, I the first thing I thought was like wow, they're going to make a lot of money on this yeah. song. And this is, you know, and I was like, this is not, this is a completely different band. How old are you, by the way? Because I think I'm, I heard. I'm 45. Okay, I'm 40. So yeah, about that same time. Yeah. That same, I remember hearing that and even seeing the weird video that was so groundbreaking. You know what I mean? All the. Oh, I don't really remember the video. Well, it I'm was, sure it was. It was like all the stuff MTV, they're singing though. about, you know, like, you know, I don't even remember the lyrics right now, yeah. but it was politically charged and yeah. everything. Well, that's, yeah, it's the David Lee Roth years is a completely different band. Yeah. Although, you know, you have Alex and Eddie and Michael have a, a, a unique sound. Definitely. Yeah. You know, especially Mike's voice and everything, you know, and then Alex, I mean, you, I, you know, it's him playing drums. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you, uh, they just they they became a contemporary family band, basically. <laughs> they did from like a, a like a just a raw rock and roll like high energy, you know, arena rock band. Definitely. You know? So you you said you know you didn't want to be a singer, so guitar was your chosen thing, correct? Yeah, I was obsessed with guitar. So was know? Eddie Van Halen like a big Eddie part was of that? The the my first guitar lesson. I went in at 11 years old and I asked the guy to teach me eruption. <laughs> Did he laugh and at he you? Just, <laughs> he, he was just like, wow, you're, you know, 
but my dad played guitar, so I knew a little things, yeah, you know, because yeah. I would sit on the couch and and he would play guitar and and I he had like another like old guitar that I would never plug in because it sh- I mean I did, but it would like shock me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he had like a Univox guitar, and he taught me a few things. He taught me, uh, you know, dun 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 dun, dun, dun like heart and. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Um, Some other things, but... uh, Did your dad play in a band? No. He just played? He played guitar. I mean, I I think he, he he played in a band, I believe, when or not like... He didn't really play in a band, yeah. I believe, but like I, I think he jammed with people like when he was younger. But then he had kids, and now, now he's living the rock and roll lifestyle through <laughs> through through me. Vicarious. Oh yeah, he knows he knows more what's going on with me than I do. He's that, like, I saw this video on. <laughs> well, when I used to be on tour, like I'd barely know the tour dates, and I talked to my dad, and he'd go, like, "Well, you're going to be in Detroit tomorrow. You're going to be in Virginia the next like." He knew everything before I knew it. Oh, yeah. So I understand where you're coming from. Now, you grew up in uh, Miami, correct? Yeah. That area? Mm-hmm. Was there a pretty thriving scene down there? No. I When I was younger, I... Like, when I was when I was younger, younger, when I got into music and everything, it was like Kiss was the first band. Okay. So I had an older cousin that introduced me to that. But then I kind of... then he wasn't around all the time. So I just... You know, I would watch MTV. I'd listen to Metal Shop, which was like this old radio show. I would stay up on Monday night. And it would come on at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And that was, you know, and I would get to bed at like three. But I discovered so many bands through the radio. Did you ever tape bands off the radio with oh, a yeah. cassette? I did yeah. that all the time. Man. My cousin, get, I had like, I still have a tape. It's like a Kmart tape or something. And uh, I remember him... Him giving it to me, it was it was Ozzy's Diary of Diary of a Madman. Yeah, and he had like we didn't have like double cassette recorders, so he had to put the boombox together, boombox, and record it. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like the tape like cut out, and I guess I, I guess his recording of it like cut out at the end of like set me, and it goes get. And then he he just like recorded his voice free. <laughs> so he fixed it. He edited yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, but yeah, it was like all my allowance, like, well, any money that I had, you yeah. know, Christmas, everything, it was just like records. My my mother was awesome because, you know, for Christmas, I would just give her a list and she's like, I went looking everywhere for these <laughs> records. And I also remember, God, man, I was like uh, going to the mall and there was like a, a Iron Maiden, like peace of mind like muscle t-shirt yeah and i was shopping for a christmas gift and i I was like dad i think mom likes iron maiden right because i like iron maiden (laughs) so i made her wear that on christmas day of course i took it (laughs) it's like my mom's like i love my son you know i'm gonna wear this iron maiden muscle shirt for him (laughs) you got you have a picture of that that'd be no (laughs) i wish i did god so do your folks still live in florida yeah my mom lives in tampa and my dad lives in Hialeah in okay. Miami where he grew up. That's cool. So you were in a band called Floor. Yes. When did you sort of transition to Torch? When did that all come about? Did they um, did they kind of exist simultaneously? No. Well, Floor, I started in 1992. Okay. And that took a, a while because I, I it was me and another guy, and we were, like, really into, like, a certain sound, you know, I like, I was obsessed with the Melvins. Oh yeah. And, uh, I saw Melvins live like in Miami and, and I think everybody at the show, there was like f- maybe 15 people there. I know, 
<laughs> I knew everybody like yeah. at that show. And at the end of the night, you know, they're like, we're like, it was just five of us left. And we're like, more, more, more. <laughs> and Buzz comes out and uh, he's just like, all right, we'll do one more. I guarantee you're not going to like it. And it did like Charmer Karma Cat. And I, oh, my life has changed. That's awesome. <laughs> I was man. just like, I want to do this. So yeah. before the Melvins, it was all Kiss and Van Halen and stuff. Um, like, was, was really that your into, entry into like kind of independent type underground stuff? No, because I was I got really into um, like thrash and death metal, and I was okay. really into like tape trading, and I had a fanzine in high school. That's and, awesome. You know, like I was like sixteen on tour buses, interviewing <laughs> like Napalm Death and stuff, and. Well, being from Florida too, like one thing that I always noticed, like I was always into the punk scene, the metal scene. So many great metal bands were from Florida. Oh yeah, I I, I was all around like that whole Florida death metal scene. Like I when saw, you would hear a good band, you'd be like, I bet they're from Florida. <laughs> leaving where I live. Well, we got we we got the death metal stuff, you know, like uh, as for, for for Florida, there weren't a lot of there were there were great death metal bands. Yeah. You know, and there were there were some really good bands, but a lot of bands just didn't like. You know, we ended up having like Marilyn Manson and stuff <laughs> like that, which, yeah. you know, good for him. But um, you know, to abandon to be really proud of that comes from your state, which I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get attached to states anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I well, I California. mean, I I'm so into John Mellencamp. Being yeah. from Indiana, oh, no, awesome. I just can't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Axel Rose, man. <laughs> no, I don't care. Yeah, there was a there was a really good band from Miami called Quit that um, I really liked. They and, and they released. They didn't release a whole lot of stuff, but they had so many recordings. Okay, a lot of it was just you know like when they get, they went through a period where I was like, man, these are fucking great songs. This band should be, you know, huge. Um, but you know, there was, there was a f sort of not a curse or anything with Florida, but like a lot of bands, it you know, you it takes a day to get out of the state. Oh yeah, especially so, being in Miami. Yeah, <laughs> it takes so it's a mean, long you, time. You, like everybody had jobs, and you're just kind of like down there. So a lot of bands just end up just continuing to be local bands. When was like your first tour? Like, was it with Floor or was it? It with was with Floor. I uh, we did a tour up the East Coast in '96. Okay. And uh, basically played to the band we were touring <laughs> And uh, I just remember, you know, we were just kind of like, it was just like a week-long thing. And we got to Boston, and we had to rent a car because I had to get back to Atlanta. I was living in Atlanta at the time, and I had to get back to work, like, wow. a so day you had after. To, so, you I had drove, to like so we rented a car and ended up playing it was like in the back of a grocery store or something <laughs> and it was like 6 p.m and you know I, th I figured like shows started like around that time six seven I mean, eight every yeah. everything was like directions and you know it's like you didn't have cell phones or anything like yeah, that yeah. so so you've we, got the map we got lost in boston <laughs> we got lost in boston which i know it's it sounds crazy right i've been lost in boston. no i know it's all like it, it sucks it sucks <laughs> so um Thank, thankfully we have GPS now, but uh, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I remember like getting back to the house that we were staying at and then Carl from the other band that we were touring with, he's like, Hey man, the show started at three people have been waiting for you for an hour. And like, he was like, man, yeah, I heard like, I was walking, you know, we were, we were like, Oh shit, man, we're going to fucking miss it. You know, like, yeah. it's like, yeah, like half the crowd left, but I was like, there's a crowd. <laughs> Holy shit. That's fucking awesome. We show up and there's like people who've heard our band that were wow. like waiting around. But, uh, it's, it was funny. He, Carl was like, yeah, I just, I, I walked by like some, some dude who was telling his friends like, yeah, those guys are really into like hookers and heroin. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck did we do to give people that impression? Um, but yeah, well, we ended up like dry, it taking like 16 hours the next day. Like we drove straight from Boston to Atlanta in 16 hours. Of course, the other guys were flying like 90, 100 miles an hour yeah. all the way until we got to North Carolina. And they were like, dude, I can't drive anymore. Steve, can you drive? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I get up on there. And they're like, man, you're driving like a f driving like Miss Daisy or something, you know. And I'm driving like 
I get up to about 80 and then fucking I cop pulls me over <laughs> within five minutes. And I'm like, wow. And then after I get the ticket, I drove for about maybe an hour. And then, then Anthony was like, all right, I'm taking over again. And he flew, you know, the question is, did you make it back to work? Yeah, I did. You'd made like it. I made it back to work on time and everything. What kind of job was it? at the I time? was working. I was a st- stock room coordinator at pier one imports. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty big cool. Big. <laughs> so you know, speaking of jobs, uh, is Torch at a place right now where this is your job or do you do things when you're at home supplemental? It used to be for about a decade. It was pretty much our job. Okay. The last couple of years we took, took time off and, um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm my mid forties, man. Yeah. I want to have like insurance and, you know, and some stability and a regular know exactly how much I'm getting paid. Cause I mean, you're probably not going to be playing in torch when you're 60 or 70. I hope so. I, I hope mean, it'd I be am. cool if you yeah. are, but it's like, but I hope, you know, like, can you know we can do things a little different yeah you know? and uh there could be a steady amount of income but i think everybody's trying to figure that out now now that like you know records aren't selling royalties probably aren't the same you make most of your money from touring the streaming services fucking suck as far as money so oh yeah well that's why we have jobs y- yeah you guys on. are trying to find yeah. this new paradigm of like how you can live and have the band be yeah. there and so what kind of jobs do you do while you're at home I'm uh, right right now. I'm I'm a security guard, and I um I bar back and bartend. Okay, cool. At a few different bars, and and then every once in a while, my my roommates have like a rehearsal uh, spaces, and I'll go help them out. And I'll take you know it's L.A. So you can kind of get the good thing about L.A. is everybody is an actor or model. Everybody's or got something. the hustler mentality. Yeah. Right? But yeah. so, so it's a little, it's, it's a, a city that's a little more understanding of me being a musician and yeah. touring. So they're, you know, and I left a good impression so I can come back and have a job. What led you to moving out there from Florida? Cause the you, weather, I mean, <laughs> and it's the weather mostly. I mean, when you feel like I've you, been to my the East coast right now sucks. Dude, I know. <laughs> I've been I've been wet this whole time. So, how long have you been in LA? Three years. But Three I lived years. in I lived in San Francisco for a few years, and then I moved back to Atlanta. And then I was like, man, why did I move back here? I love Atlanta, but I was just like, it's hot as hell right was, now, man. I was like, man, I loved I loved California. Yeah. And uh, we went through on tour, and I stayed with my friends, and they were renting out a room, and I was like, all right, when when can I move in? That's awesome. Whenever you want. All right. And it was perfect because my my roommate in Atlanta was his his uh his boyfriend was moving in the next month. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I'm gonna I'm moving to L.A. and he's like, man, I knew you weren't gonna stay because <laughs> I'd known him for years and I'm just you know I've I've been moving around and stuff like because I've moved I moved from living with him to San Francisco and then I came back. And I'm like, I knew you were coming back. Oh, I knew you were gonna stay. So what's the uh, what's the process for when you do rehearse for a tour? Do you start in LA normally? Like, like do you guys meet up somewhere? Uh, Not well, like writing, but actually getting ready for a tour. Well, for this tour, I mean, well, the the tour that we did a few years ago with Gojira, we met up in 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 Colorado at um, our friend Santos's house, like maybe a few hours out of Denver, <clears throat> and um, we rehearsed uh, for that tour and just like a couple of days, and then usually feel pretty confident with a couple of days of well after a out. few days i feel more confident but, <laughs> but you know you have to kind of the first couple of days you know we're just not there yet yeah it yeah. takes a few days to you know before this tour you know you gotta get the glitches out yeah it's, you know um yeah so yeah well on this tour i just flew down to miami stayed there for a week and rehearsed and got everything ready and then uh, st- started the store. That's awesome, man. So uh, we've talked about the lineup changes where, you know, Jonathan moved from bass to guitar. Eric came in on bass. You said, you know, everybody's kind of played everything. What's the chemistry like with the band now, with the way that the lineup is currently? I mean, does everything feel really good? Is it the best it's ever been? I feel like it's the, actually the best it's ever been, you know, because we've all known each other for, yeah. we've all lived with each other basically for a long time. So you're not, 
you know, everybody's on the same page. And, uh, yeah, we're like brothers. It's, it's wild, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, like, like right now we're at, at, we've gone through so much in the past that we're the most responsible we've ever been. Yeah. And, uh, we get along the best we've ever been, you know, we, you know, and yeah, I think that we're all super inspired to be working with each other, especially after this record, after recording it, we're like, man, like this is, this is a good record for us as far as like, you know, the growth of the band and having, you know, Eric, a part of the band and, and his contributions and everything like that. It's, we're all just super inspired. How, how's it been working with relapse? I know you've worked with them in the past as well. Do you feel like they're supporting you and they're pushing the new record and everything? Oh yeah. Relapse has been great. That's awesome, man. So, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, I know you guys have done a lot of like self production with a lot of the records. Uh, but in 2008, you worked with Kurt Ballou from Converge, I've always really loved his production style on, you worked on Neanderthal, your record. Yeah. What was it like working with Kurt? Was it way different than doing the self-production stuff? Like, did you guys enjoy the, the, the process? Um, I don't really like being in a studio. Okay. Like John <laughs> loves it. John loves, he's, he records bands. He, you know, it's, it's his thing, you know, um, with Kurt, Kurt was awesome. It was also just a learning experience because yeah. because when we started the band, John had just basically started recording. He recorded our first few records, and then we were just like, "Man, we we," because the the EP that he recorded took about two years to finish. <laughs> so we were like, "We're working with somebody else in the next one." Because I know you've had five this. you've had five Done, full yeah. lengths, but you guys have had a lot of EPs. Like, yeah. like a lot of releases, but only five full lengths. So that EP you're talking about, it took two years to do. No, it, it we recorded it. it. Just took two years to finish it. Oh, to finish like, it. Okay. You know, because you know, especially being in the band and you're recording your own band, you just end up overanalyzing everything. Yeah, you just, yeah. And you just nitpicking want, every little yeah, detail. And you're like, it's almost there. There's that meme where that skeleton on top of the the, the console, and <laughs> there's cobwebs, and it's like it's almost there guys. You know, yeah, that's yeah. what it felt like. So, you know, John liked, you know, John was, you know, had been communicating with Kurt and Kurt was into, you know, recording us and we did it with him. It was, it was a great learning experience. And we had like Chris Maggio, a really good friend of ours play drums, you know, on one of the tracks and, and yeah, it was awesome. It was, uh, but it, we needed it. We needed to work, yeah. work with somebody else in order to, it's always um, good to have that outside, like, you know, that other set of ears. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it you need it. You need, yeah. And you also need to see how things are done with somebody else. Yeah. You know, we, after that, we still kind of do things the way we do it. <laughs> we had Kurt mix the last couple of records because, you know, it's like, all right, let's get this mixed. <laughs> It's recorded, but now take it. It and doesn't do this. need to be two months, yeah. you know, but um, it just, you know, it, my, my other, my bandmate in my other band was kind of like the same way. Just, you know, he was recording everything. He recorded the, the floor record and it sounded amazing. And then it was like the next record, which was 10 years after or, yeah. or 13, 12. I don't know. It was, it was years after <laughs> over a decade and uh, he was recording it again. And he just, you know, it was just like, it's almost there, you know, but like with Kurt, you know, we'd get something within a few days, Yeah, which is how I wish, you know, we could just re record it. And then it's just like, bam, everything, it sounds, you know, you, you have all the sounds there. Um, John with John recorded and mixed this record and it's awesome. Yeah. We're, we're pretty blown away by what he did with this record. So, so he's, uh, his skills have kept going up and kept yeah, going yeah. up, right? I mean, that's the thing. You also, you like, take a piece from everybody people. you work yeah. with and then you work, you know, you just learn, you keep learning. And then, uh, he did, he did a great job with this record. Do you agonize more over guitar work or vocals when you're in the studio? Like, oh, is I it agonize over vocals okay. because I, I have to, I have to double all my voice, um, all my vocals. You're not using and, Melodyne or any of those tricks no, man, to line I them up. To, I have to do all of that, and that's just so time-consuming. Oh yeah, because he's like, "Oh, you're 
just a little off. Why stop with the vibrato? You know, that type of thing. I'm like, ah, I can't help it. I'm just, you know, <laughs> ah, you know, like, so I admire anybody that can just like come in and just, uh, uh, yeah. which our old guitar player, Andrew, he was able to do that. Just keep it like right there, you know, and I'm not, I'm like, I'm not, not a trained singer. I just, yeah. I just keep growing with it and my voice keeps getting better and better i believe are you a theory guy or is it all pretty much it's all feel it's all like it's you know i just so if you were it just comes out man if you if you were playing like a riff that was in like e phrygian you wouldn't know you're just playing it no i don't know anything about that stuff. okay (laughs) i mean i learned it when i was younger but i just i just well because i I listen i listened to the record last night i listened to it a couple times but last night in preparation i was listening to the new admission and there were a couple of times where it's like oh that's harmonic minor oh that's phrygian and i just wondered if like you guys were those kind of guys that think about (laughs) all the numbers and everything right we're more punk rock than oh i mean i love that too (laughs) i teach guitar for a living so i'm yeah it's it's just rock and roll you know it's like just oh shit okay cool well hey we'll end this right now (laughs) hey all right have a good night thank you so much go play your show it's been wonderful Have a good time. You lost track of time. That's Steve from Torch, everybody. Cutting it short, but that's great. We got to have Good night, everyone. (laughs) I'll see you later, man. Good job. So there it was, my conversation with Steve Brooks from Torch. Uh, It was a little shorter than most of the conversations. We could have gone on a lot longer, but he had to play a show. So I want to give a shout out to Steve and all the guys from Torch. I'm so stoked to see you guys on Seth Meyers this coming, actually next Wednesday, a week from today. So set your DVRs, NBC, Late Night with Seth Meyers. Torch is going to be rocking on there, and it's going to be awesome. So uh, that's it for this week's episode. I do want to say next week on the show... I'm going to have Sebastian Thompson, drummer for Baroness. I recorded it at the same time that I did this past episode with Steve from Torch. But uh, Sebastian was hilarious. We talked about them getting you know, nominated for a Grammy and actually going to the Grammys and all the crazy stuff that happened to him there. And we, we talked about his old band Trans Am. We talked about all the great stuff that's been happening in the Baroness camp. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Sebastian, who just actually, I think last week or about a week and a half ago, became a United States citizen. So shout out to Sebastian for being a newly, a new, a new citizen, a newly, whatever. I'm tired. I, I've been doing these podcasts a little bit earlier, but it is late tonight. I'm back to my old ways. It's super, super late and I am ready to go to sleep. So uh, shout outs to Seb from Baroness. We're going to talk to him next week on the podcast. So make sure that you come back. Shout out again to Steve and all the guys from Torch. Stoked to see you guys on Late Night with Seth Myers next week. And that's it. If you guys want to become a sponsor, hit me up, Podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're following us on all of the social media platforms. It is at T-O-T-O-T podcast. Leave me a voice message. Maybe it'll get played on the show. 765-372-8818. And that's it, guys. I'm going to get out of here. But you know that I love to play music for my guests. And I couldn't think of a better song to play. It's the first single from Torch's new record, Admission. It's the title track. It's called Admission. So I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy this awesome song by Torch. And I will catch you guys next week. Chris out.
Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. 